Welcome to another edition of the Morning Devotional. My name is Pastor William Hill, the pastor of Providence Presbyterian Church located in Evansville, Indiana. Today is Tuesday, July 4th, 2023. This is edition number 109 of season 8. We are still dealing with the Westminster Confession of Faith. We are now in chapter 20 of Christian Liberty and Liberty of Conscience. We'll consider the second half of paragraph 1 this morning. Let's pray first. Our God in heaven, we thank you again for the liberty that has been purchased in the Lord Jesus Christ and that we have been freed now, not as slaves uh, to sin, but slaves to righteousness to serve you with gladness and joy. We pray, Lord, that you would renew to us the joy of your salvation and we would serve you as a child out of a heart of love. This is what Christ has freed us to do. We pray, Lord, that you would forgive us for the ways in which we fall short of your glory. You'd grant us the insight and understanding in your word. Even now we ask for Christ's sake. Amen. Well, paragraph number one of chapter 20 reads, The liberty which Christ hath purchased for believers under the gospel consists in their freedom from the guilt of sin, the condemning wrath of God, the curse of the moral law, and in their being delivered from this present evil world, bondage to Satan and dominion of sin, from the evil of afflictions, the sting of death, the victory of the grave, and everlasting damnation, as also in their free access to God, and their yielding obedience unto him, not out of a slavish fear, but a childlike love and willing mind, all which were common also to believers under the law. But under the New Testament, the liberty of Christians is further enlarged in their freedom from the yoke of the ceremonial law to which the Jewish church was subjected, and in greater boldness of access to the throne of grace and in fuller communications of the free spirit of God than believers under the law did ordinarily partake of. And so now we come to matters particular to the New Testament era, uh, to that time post the cross, that which Christ has purchased, both as those believers under the law did experience and and were common to them, but now, as the confession states it, that second half, beginning with that contrast, but under the New Testament, the liberty of Christians is further enlarged. And so the question becomes in what manner or in really in what sense are these things that were common to the believers in the Old Testament, how are they enlarged for us in the age of the gospel? And so Dr. Van Dixorn on page 261 of his commentary says that in the age of the gospel our freedom has been immeasurably enlarged and the burdens of life lightened as the heavy yoke of the ceremonial law is lifted from our shoulders. And that's to say that we no longer are bound or under the bondage or even under the bondage of the ceremonial law, those sacrifices and the the matters of which pertain to the tabernacle and the Levitical priesthood. Yes, it isn't true. It is true that the Jewish church was subjected to those things, that they might be teachers of Christ yet to come, but we are freed from the ceremonial law. Galatians chapter 4, verses 1 through 7. Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, differeth nothing from a servant, though he be lord of all, but is under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the father. Even so we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the Excuse me, but when the fullness of time of the time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law, 
to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because ye are sons, uh, God hath sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Wherefore thou art no more a servant, but a son, and if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Now the law here is, of course, the ceremonial law, the tutelage of that ceremonial law. Uh, though we may learn some things from it, we are no longer under it. We are not under its yoke. Dr. Van Dixhorn comments, he says, There was a childish and slavish aspect to the tutelage of the law. So radical was the end of this old order, and so unfamiliar this freedom that some 1st century and some 21st century Jewish converts to Christianity could not and cannot imagine life without, those, without these old ceremonies. Many conflicts in the New Testament were caused by men and women who were like freed prisoners who had only known life in jail and who could imagine no other. It reminds me of a movie I saw, maybe you've seen it, The Shawshank Redemption, in which there was this theory that was tossed around during the movie. I grant you it's a movie, but still this theory was tossed around that after living in prison for 40, 50 years, uh, the person becomes institutionalized. That is to say that they know nothing else. They, they, they can't do anything without being told. They can't go to the bathroom without being told. They can't eat without being told. They, they don't know how to function as a free person. Well, there are a lot of people in the church, whether Jew or otherwise, that do not understand how to operate in freedom. You are not in that cell that held you bondage any longer. The doors have been open and you have been taken out of that cell and you've been placed into society, you've been placed into that place where you exercise your freedoms. And so we are not under the tutelage of the ceremonial law. Galatians 5.1, stand fast therefore in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Now, we need to be careful here and not go too far and say, well, because we're free, the law is no longer a matter of which we need to consider. We've dealt with that in chapter 19. But the yoke and bondage of it no longer belongs to us. As we saw yesterday, we serve our Father in heaven with a childlike love and delight and joy because He has freed us uh, through the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. But we have now, as a result, a greater boldness of access to the throne of grace. Hebrews 4, 14 to 16, seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession, for we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. In the days of old, this was not something that they had access to, but through the work of Christ and the purchase of redemption, that veil that separated the holy place from the most holy place has been torn. And Now we have divine access now into the very throne room of God, uh, the priesthood of all believers. That freedom has been granted to us, that we can go in there day and night, whatever it may be, and we can worship and honor and pray and plead with the God of heaven as adopted children. We have a fuller communication of the free spirit of God than believers under the law did ordinarily partake of. John, um, well, Acts uh, chapter 2 and verse 17 and 18, And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out 
Pour out of my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. Now, you know, what's the, what's the point that, that is being made here? These ceremonies and sacrifices are gone for a reason. We have now interceding for us a permanent priest, as Dr. Van Dixhorn points out, who has finished his work on earth and has passed through the heavens to continue his work at his Father's side. And as a result of that work, as he said, he would send his Holy Spirit to teach them all things, to be that parakletos, that other comforter. The Holy Spirit now flows from Christ to his people like a river of living water. And so Van Dix, Dixhorn rightly points that out. The glorification of Jesus is celebrated by the abundant giving of the Spirit. And so we are able then, therefore, through the work of the Spirit, which is given to us in a greater measure than it was of the saints of old, and we are then, therefore, able to serve and honor the Lord in great freedom, not bondage, but in freedom and joy in delight to do all that God has told us. Well, I trust these times are helpful. I uh, trust that they are. If you have any comments or questions or follow-up remarks, uh, feel free to leave me a note. The way to do that is there before you. And so until the Wednesday edition, when we uh, look at paragraph number two of chapter 20, may the, Lord help you to, may the Lord help you today. May you walk according to his ways. May you do so with joy and delight for all that Christ has done. God bless.